It's time for the soul, a podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have here with us Ruth and Liana. Hey guys, how's it going? Hello. And today we're going to look at friendships. We've touched on them in other episodes, and that's our topic for today is friendships. We're going to talk about what it means to have friends, good ones, what it means to be a good friend. I actually have a good quote that I heard from a pastor. His name's Jack Deere. I've just recently started listening to his stuff, so I I can't vouch for his theology or whatever, but the sermons that I did hear were pretty fantastic. So he says, friends are friends for one reason, for the pleasure they have in each other's company. A best friend is the friend to have that you enjoy the most. Friendship is never about service, but will serve our best friend in a heartbeat if your best friend needs it. So make your friendship with God the main thing, enjoying him and feeling his pleasure in us. So if you see it, he kind of like transitions it from human friendships to God friendships. But dang, that was such a good quote when I heard it. Literally wrote it down so I could remember it. Where shall we start? Oh man, what end Which of the verses spectrum? shall we tackle first? There's some awesome... Uh... How about we cover basically maybe our own experiences and things. So mm. I feel if you're in a close-knit community, you have a lot of friends, quote unquote. You know, oh, I know this person who did this. I know that person who did that. Especially in our community, we're Romanians. We're specifically Romanian Pentecostals. So that means we know a lot of people. Does that mean that everybody's our friend? Yes, but no. <laughs> Liana's shaking her head no. Okay, go ahead, Liana. Well, no, because it's, it's funny because I actually thought about this this week, thinking about this topic and where it talks about like brotherhood and brotherly love. It's funny because there is a difference between being brothers and sisters in Christ and then being friends. I think we're called to be brothers and sisters in Christ with everyone. Mm -hmm. But just like Jesus had 12 disciples and then had the two or three that he would bring in closer to them. So I don't think we have the capacity to be friends with hundreds of people. Like we actually don't. Mentally, in our hearts, we actually don't have the capacity to have that many friends. I think we can have acquaintances. We can have, you know, people that we actually highly respect and things like that. And they'll come in and out of your lives. But probably our brains and our hearts can probably handle about five to 10 maximum of really deep friendships but brothers and sisters we can have lots of those so (laughs) we still gotta we still have to show love towards everyone actually what you're hitting on is it's this theorem that i've come across recently so it's called dunbar's number and Hmm. it's this uh he's like this british psychologist or whatever he basically came up with a certain number of people that you can be really close friends with and how many Hmm. people you can have as like a general acquaintance I think it's, he says about the same thing. He says around four to five people of really deep, intimate friendships. And that number also decreases as you get older, which in mm-hmm. my life, I feel like I've, I've experienced. I don't know about you guys. Funny enough, I think, <laughs> I think we went the other way. <laughs> we kept our core. Yes. But then we've expanded in the sense of we've met more people and we've been drawn to them as in you've built relationships with them as well. So it's interesting because you, you've kept your three, four close friends, but then your outer circle like still increased with people that you, you can connect with. Yeah. Dunbar's number is the notion that there exists a cognitive limit on human groups of about 150 individuals. Oh, 150 okay. yep. 
is about like the maximum number of people they can keep tabs with and keep up with. What do you guys think? Yeah, I've heard that before and it's probably true. I think our our thousand friends on Facebook are not friends. (laughs) Facebook. I know all of them. Just (laughs) age yourself. (laughs) No, because that's Instagram. I mean, (laughs) Instagram. Whatever. Honestly, springboarding off of what Liana said about both of you guys said about the circle increasing or decreasing. I do think, and I think we've talked about it before, friendship can be a ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. I think God calls you to be friends with people for a season or seasons for different reasons. At least I've seen that in my life where we had to be friends for our mutual benefit, for them to pour into me or for me to be an encouragement for them. But friendship is a ministry too. It says, I can't remember the passage, but it says something about encouragement is a gifting. Mm. right the gift of encouragement and that could be manifested through friendship too at least in my life I think I've told you guys the story where I've never done it before ever but it was New Year's a few years ago and I went to this girl that I've kind of been hanging out with I kind of knew her family we were in touch and I literally said something that I didn't plan to say but I said hey I'll just name Ruth let's say it's my name I feel like God wants us to be friends for this season because I have to witness something that's going to happen in your life. And oh, I had dang. no idea at that point. And you did this on the New that. Year's? I said, it, I said it and I completely, I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying. And then the way God worked it out is she actually in four to six months after she ended up meeting her husband and getting married. <laughs> it was more than that. It was a crazy story. It was but... a crazy story. Maybe we can have her on the podcast actually once <laughs> to tell it. But it was a very spiritually building time for me because we used to go to prayer together and I experienced the Lord very deeply in that mm. season and since, don't get me wrong, but it was just something, it was definitely something for a season. I feel like the Lord called us to, I needed her. I don't understand everything, but it just needed to happen for that season. I've definitely experienced those for sure. The ones that you say, the friendships where you meet people for that season I don't know. I learn a lot from them and hopefully they learn something from me, but I've definitely had those friendships, especially 2020 was a year like that for me where I met a lot of people who I feel like were there to help build me up and for me to help build them up. It was this mutually upbuilding thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like Paul calls us to this all the time in his epistles, build yourselves up, build each other up. I think there's kind of different categories of friends. There's acquaintances, there's people that basically you see from time to time and say hello with and you're friendly with. There's friends like that, friends for a season. I think there's also the friendships that are kind of like the Jonathan and David friendships, mm. I would call them. I remember I was reading through First Samuel a few weeks ago. First Samuel chapter 18 says, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And I think mm. that's an, another special category. I mean, you know, when you're a little kid, you call them your best friends. <laughs> I don't know if the, that word still applies as you get older, but basically th- those deep friendships where your soul kind of knits with one another, where you become almost like siblings. I don't know how else to describe mm-hmm. it, but I have a few of those. Praise God, I have a few of those friendships. And those are some of those friendships that I don't foresee ever breaking off, yeah. you know, Lord willing. Those are friendships that I will go to the grave with. I don't know. That's just how God brought us together. What do you guys think? Can you read that verse again with David's soul got knit to Jonathan? Yes. So chapter 18, verse one, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul. So I think 
Jonathan here. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And this is the ESV translation. That's awesome. So I was actually looking at Galatians 5.14, where it talks about the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I know this is using the word neighbor, Mm -hmm. but the way that Jonathan put it, he's our souls are knit together and he loved him like as he loved himself. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy how those connect. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, I thought about it. How can we love others well if we don't love ourselves well? And this is not like Mm -hmm. a new agey thing, but Mm -hmm. it's if we don't love ourselves in the sense of know who God made us to be and know that we are who we are in Christ, we can't love people well. We can't be good friends if I can't love myself, right? Mm Because I'm always going to fall short when I'm in that friendship. So it's, I love that you mentioned that verse because it totally tied into this one. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would say it even a little bit step further. Be the friend that you wish you had. Mm-hmm. We, we all go around complaining, not complaining, but I've met people, well, this person did this to me, this person did that to me. But maybe if we change our mindsets about uh, expecting certain things from people and instead look at ourselves and be like, am I the friend that I wish I was mm-hmm. to somebody else? Or am I the friend that I wish I had? That's when suddenly our mindset changes. It's not like a law of attraction thing, but we do attract people then who are like-minded as as you are. As I grew closer in my walk with the Lord, I feel like I've met people who are also closer in their walk with the Lord. As my relationship with Christ has deepened, I've met people who I feel like are on the same wavelength as I am. You look for that. Yeah, you look for that soul connection. And that's soul tie. In soul tie, that sounds so new as well. <laughs> no, not that thing. <laughs> If our listeners are listening, don't uh, look up soul tie. That's not what she means. (laughs) I do not mean that kind of tie. No, but also at the beginning when you mentioned that quote, it said uh, he was saying something about like being a friend of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the most important relationship in our lives and how you're saying like, closer I draw to Jesus, the more I'm drawing those people to myself and I draw near to those kind of people. So I think before we can even seek out those friendships, I need to seek out that friendship with Jesus. I need to know that he's my everything so that I don't expect too much out of someone, right? Because sometimes we expect too much out of people. People are flawed. They're always going to let us down. We're never, our expectations are never going to be truly fulfilled by people. But as long as like we're solid in the Lord, we'll be okay. And we'll still be able to maintain those good friendships because we're here to like pour out to one another. We're not here just to take from someone, right? There's a verse, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Kind of like the, this verse came to mind when Liana said that. Because our relationship with Christ is the cross. When you mm-hmm. look at the cross, it's the vertical beam and the horizontal beam. And we know this example, the vertical beam is your relationship with God. The horizontal beam is your relationship with your brothers and sisters. If my horizontal beam, if I can't have friendship, I need to ask myself, and I'm talking to myself, do I have a relationship with Christ that's good, that's thriving? Mm-hmm. Because you can't say, well, Jesus is my best friend, but, but I, I, I hate everyone. Or, <laughs> yeah, no, like, something's wrong, it, it, very yeah, wrong, or, if that's what you say. Well, it's funny enough, because I'm thinking of like the cross too. I'm thinking... The vertical one is so much longer and the horizontal one is so much shorter, right? So, But they both should be increasing. I I feel like all both, it's it's a perpendicular line. They should all be increasing. If your friendship with others keeps increasing, but your friendship with the Lord is not, that's Mm. a lopsided cross. If your friendship with the Lord seems to 
get deeper. Actually, is it possible for your friendship with the Lord to get so deep, but your friendships with others to not? I don't know. But if that were to happen, it wouldn't be good because you wouldn't be living out what God has called yeah. you to do. Well, what about, maybe it's a segue. I mean, <laughs> what about the prophets in the Old Testament? who were so alone nobody saw like them you know they were giving warnings they were outcasts of society so i think in a way the more the world gets darker and god can't find you in the desert he can give you food and water and oh but in the end actually now that you think about it he wasn't alone remember it was was which prophet was it that was saying lord i'm the only one there's nobody with me elijah yeah or elisha one of those and then God opened his eyes and said, hey, there's actually 7,000 others like that you haven't that haven't bowed their knees to yes. fail. Sometimes we may feel alone and we may feel like I'm so deep with the Lord. Nobody gets me and nobody <laughs> understands where I'm at. And then it's no, God's like, I have my people everywhere. And I think God can honor that prayer. I mean, I think 2020 to a certain extent was a year of friendship for mm-hmm. many. And God honors the sincere prayer of a heart. We actually had a girl in Bible study. It was really cute. She was 14, pretty shy, really great girl. And she she actually prayed. She actually said this at youth. She's like, God, please send me a friend. Just send me a friend. Mm-hmm. And actually, the Lord sent this family to our church. Their daughter is That's like the same. same age as her. And she actually testified and said, mm-hmm. do you remember when I said I was praying for a friend? Like the Lord actually sent me a friend. So I think God honors a 14 year old prayer like he can honor our prayer too we're never mm-hmm. too old it says in the bible be like a child many times like we think silly prayers why am i praying for a friend you know mm-hmm. but pray for a friend the lord can That's give true. you Many. a friend after his own heart mm. and he can turn your heart to be to be that friend <laughs> to be yeah. that friend so we were talking about the story of elijah he's the one who had the 7,000 people who had not bowed down. But later, God sends Elisha to him. You know, he does send him a friend. Though I think uh, the prophets in the Old Testament are maybe a bit of a different situation than kind of the New Testament fellowship that we're supposed to have, right? Wherever Mm -hmm. we go now in this world, we are able to find another brother or sister in Christ. You know what I mean? That's maybe something, a luxury that the prophets in the olden days didn't really have because they were that one voice in the wilderness crying out, you know, Mm -hmm. make way for the Lord. And we live maybe in different times now. So praise God for that. That would be so lonely (laughs) if that was the case. (laughs) Well, that's why it's so like when it talks in Ecclesiastes 4, it talks about two are better than one and it's better to be pull what is it i think it's hold Three on i'm gonna read cord it. is not quickly broken yes and it's like if one person falls the other can reach out and help but someone who falls alone is in real trouble like, i really mm-hmm. like the wording of this nlt because it just talks about the importance of having two people it, and it's sorry guys but i don't think it means marriage but i mean a couple verses down maybe it does <laughs> yeah there's two people laying next to each other <laughs> yeah Friendship is important in marriage too, but I think the first couple of verses really truly do mean friendship where it talks about like you can help each other succeed. You can help each other when the other one falls. So those are great things the Lord tells us. And even Proverbs speaks so much about friendships. They're so important. Like the iron sharpens iron verse. That's a special one for us because (laughs) we love that verse and we carried it with us through 2020 and it's been awesome. And then it, when it talks Proverbs 18, 24, friends stick closer than a brother. Like sometimes yes. we have that saying of blood is thicker than water. But I think this verse kind of tells you that sometimes you really can have friends that are like family. You know what I mean? 
and they yeah. understand you maybe sometimes better than your family. I'm not saying family is not important, super important. Do not ne- neglect your family. <laughs> but I think there are friendships that can be, in a sense, like deeper than some of your familial friendships or relationships, I mean. The blood is thicker than water quote, that's actually, uh, a lot of people don't know the full quote. The full quote says, the blood of friendships or the blood that was spilled on the battlefield is thicker than the water of the womb. Mm. So uh, as in like, it's it's the opposite. Friendship that comes out out of real life is thicker than sibling Mm. um, relationships. And that's not to say that sibling relationships can't also be beautiful and close, but... They are they are great. Me and Ruth are a testament to this. <laughs> yep, if my sister's listening... BFFs for life, right here? <laughs> that's like uh, the Lord made sure that you have an automatic best friend growing yes. up, right? A hundred percent. And it's always <laughs> awesome. And it was very encouraged by our parents, right? But mm-hmm. it is nice to have outside of your family friendships. I think that you get certain, you get different things, right? Because with your siblings, you've literally been taught the same thing pretty much your whole entire life. So you don't get that much of a different perspective, which growing up you do, but I'm saying like in the earlier stages. So I completely agree with that. Um, you do get different flavors of people, if that makes sense. Another thing I want to touch on on is how friendships, at least in my life, have been really a way for the Lord just to take care of me. Friendships are something where I hold myself accountable to my friends. You know, a lot of people are afraid to make themselves open and vulnerable to the friends. I'm not going to say that you need to be open and vulnerable with absolutely everybody, but find the people that you can trust that you can be open and vulnerable with. You know what? Maybe I will walk back on that statement. Maybe we as Christians should be more open and vulnerable about our life issues. Um, We shouldn't hide our sin, you know, in the darkness. We should bring it out to light. So I will walk back on that statement, but I will say there are friends who I hold myself accountable to and I'll text them. And even last night I texted a friend of mine. I'm like, look, I'm struggling with this. Could you, you know, pray with me about it? And she has been. Um, I've had other times where the Holy Spirit has asked my friends to intercede from me even when I wasn't even aware of it. I had a situation earlier this summer where I was just having a really rough night. I was struggling with some things. And the next morning, Um, My friend texted me. She was like, what were you doing around two, three in the morning? I was like, well, I was actually tossing and turning. How did you know? She's like, yeah, because the Lord woke me up to pray for you. I was like, oh, what? Those are the best. (laughs) That was fantastic. I've never had that happen. And then it happened again with a different friend, like just a month later. Absolutely insane. But the Lord kind of uses your friends to take care of you, especially if they're friends who intercede for you and you for them, of course. Like Mm -hmm. the same should also be happening on the reverse side. I think so. Those are like the most special texts you can receive. It's, hey, you're struggling. I was struggling with you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That happened with Ruth, but with one of our cousins that was like a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. It was it was a crazy story. She didn't know anything. I never talked. I mean, she's my cousin, but it, she lives across the ocean and I don't mm-hmm. keep in touch. And <laughs> I was going through a dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Um it was actually in regards to sort of friendships, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the Lord woke, woke her up in the middle of the night and said, pray for your cousin, said my full name. There's just certain things that are happening, basically. She had no idea. And it was just very encouraging that the Lord put that on her. And it was, in a way, that was like a revelation, too, of something that I was, I was wondering about certain situations and I had a feeling about them. But I, I had no confirmation. And the, what, whatever the Lord revealed to her 
was a confirmation of what I was feeling. And I didn't feel like I was crazy, <laughs> basically. Like, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the passage in Corinthians where it talks about the body is made up of several members, you know, and, and when one part of the body is hurting, God actually has the other part of the body reach out and, and help. Mm. And that's, that's beautiful. We're not our own little isolated selves. We're actually part of a living ecosystem. I I'm almost want to call it, you know, where, where if one thing is out of whack, everything's out of whack. Mm. So that's beautiful. It's beautiful that the Lord does that. Actually, there's a verse in Job, um, because looking through some verses on friends and one another and each other, it says Job 16, 20, 21, my intercessor is my friend as my eyes pour out tears to God. On behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. Basically, like our friends, our ministry as friends could be to be intercessors for one another. And I think being in relationship with the Lord, that happens naturally, where mm-hmm. like the Lord can send people to you. I mean, I'm sure you guys had those experiences where people would write you or they would give you messages or they would, you know, and it was exactly what you needed for that moment. Mm -hmm. And it was, they'd had no idea. They didn't understand or know the situations in your life, but it was a message from the Lord that was sent for a specific time. And we have a lot of technology these days. You know, back in the day, God used to send prophets to this village, <laughs> city, and that city. I think that the Lord can send you a message through different apps or whatever. Like that happened to me, where I, oh, like yeah. I would get messages, and I'm like, "This is amazing." There's like, a pro- there's a prophetic lady in Australia. Her name is Lana Vosser. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> prophetic words sometimes. And I'm not one to follow prophetic people. Usually I don't, like, I will definitely admit that, but I told Ruth, this, this lady, I was like, she speaks to my soul. Like the Lord is literally (laughs) speaking through her when I'm like thinking about something or like something's going on in my head. I was like, oh, okay. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Maybe our our parents and grandparents generation, um, I think they were maybe a little bit more limited in their ideas of how God could speak. God could speak through scripture or God would speak through a prophet, essentially. I'm not saying that's universal, but I feel like the older generations kind of lean towards that. Whereas that's actually not correct. God speaks to us in a multitude of different ways. He He's our friend. He knows what delights us. He knows what saddens us. He knows exactly what message, text message, what Bible verse, what anything to bring to us, you know, to speak to us. And sometimes it is that still small voice than you, but other times it's external. I think we just need to be more sensitive to how God is speaking to us. But I do want to go back to interceding for others. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, intercession's a gift. I I don't agree with that. I think intercession is something that every Christian should be doing. It's not, I don't see it in the Bible as a gift. I, I see it as something that Christ is calling each and every single one of us to, to spend time on our knees before the Lord and interceding for others, whether it's our friends, whether it's our family, whatever it might be. Yeah. That actually builds you up when you're actually able to come to the Lord with different people. I think it, it strengthens your faith in the Lord because sometimes like we have more faith for other people than we do for ourselves. <laughs> when we pray for others, I, I see that in our churches. Sometimes our prayer for the different causes and stuff is always the most on fire prayer in our churches because I feel like we do have a heart for others as a community and that's awesome. And I, that actually builds you up. I will say this, I'm going to go a little bit. These are awesome things about friends, but I think there's like a time when somebody's going to let us down 
and somebody's not going to do what we want or say what we want. And I think it's very important to know that we can't get offended. We can't be easily offended. It talks about in Proverbs 18, 19. It actually, I love this translation. It says, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. So it's crazy the comparisons from offense into like a gated city. So I think as people of the Lord, we got to make sure that we know to forgive. We know not to let things get to us because truthfully, if we don't forgive, it's just, it's our prideful self was like, oh, well, I was hurt. So I'm not sorry. Like you don't get my forgiveness. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. I think forgiveness is the hardest thing to do as a Christian. Can you forgive and still be wounded though? Yeah, I think you can still be hurt and, and still be able to forgive a person. Yeah, I don't think you're lessening the wound or you're not lessening the hurt. Right. What I'm thinking is you can forgive somebody, but maybe you can still be hurt about certain things. You know, mm-hmm. you're not completely healed. Many times we have these, some people have great expectations of themselves to forgive and be healed at the same time. Mm. And some should, but they don't, depending on, you know, how bad the the hurt was and whatnot. But I think that sometimes you can forgive and your heart can still hurt. I think that there's a process of, of, healing. of healing with the Lord. Because many times, maybe in my own life, I know that I forgave the person, but I was still hurt. There was still a wound that it needed time. And can the Lord completely take away everything in a moment? Yes, I, I think he can. But many things we have to work through. And it's, it is like a renewing of the mind. It's thinking of the noble things, the good things, and just reprogramming our mind. I mean, in friendship, there is a lot of humility because Mm. people will let us down. We're going to let down people. Oh, yeah. And I think one thing that is a huge thing that gets in the way of friendships is ego. We live in a narcissistic society. We are incredibly self-absorbed to a certain extent. We're taught to be self-absorbed. By culture, yeah. By culture. And I think the more self-absorbed we are, the more easily hurt we are Mm. and offended that we are. Because I deserve better. Mm. The world should honor me. me. (laughs) The world should see my qualities. The world should not despise me. Literally, even today, that happened to me where I'm like, okay, I I have to be in humility. I have to lay this down. Because things will come and it's, it says, uh, I think there's a verse, um, love one another with brotherly affection. I would do one another in showing honor, mm. Romans 12, 10. And God help us in that. When was the last time I showed honor to my friend? When was the last time I went out of my way to show honor? It's in this society where give me the most likes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, serve me, help me build my brand and my whatever. Many times honor is actually twisted because it's not, you're showing honor to get something back. Is that really honor? You know what I mean? So I think that Lord help us to check our motives. Do I show honor with no strings attached or do I show honor because this is what the Bible says. And I really do believe that by showing unconditional honor, I'm actually honoring the Lord. Because in the end, like even friendships have to honor the Lord. My friendships are supposed to project and to project Christ and to 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 also touches on what you were discussing. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, Mm. but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And I think you're completely right. We live in a world where friend the word even the meaning friend the word has been emptied of its meaning uh you have friends on facebook you have friends on instagram you have followers all these things they're they're all being confused what is a true friend and more than that what does it mean to look out for that person's interests versus your own interests that's a that's a great word that we should consider more to go off of that i think one of the best ways we can maybe honor our friendships is to be intentional with them So this is something that I've definitely grown in and I've definitely worked on. I'll try to be intentional in even like small ways. For example, for Christmas, I write Christmas cards and I send them out to all my friends. And I try to be, you know, I don't just write Merry Christmas and that's it. You know, I try to reflect on the past year, on our past friendship and and be very intentional about what I write in there and about what I send to my friends. I don't know if they'll read it or if they'll not read it, but I hope they can see, you know, that I, I am honoring, that I love them. There's different ways you can show that, you know, you can show that in trying to get together to spend quality time with them and mm. trying to meet up with them. When people do that to you, you notice. And when you do that to other people, they'll notice too. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And even just checking in on people, like sometimes you realize and you check yourself, you're like, oh shoot, I haven't reached out to a friend or I haven't like done what I should have. I should have called my friend. And sometimes you think we're such good friends. It's okay. Like I don't need to always be keeping in touch or I don't need to always be doing this, but it really does matter. Cause it's like, sometimes you know yourself that you need somebody to check in on you, right? Like, you know yourself, Hey, I wish somebody would reach out to see if I'm alive, if I'm, you know, And I think a lot of people go through that. So then I have to do it to someone else. If I'm expecting that to be done to me, I have to do the same thing to others. Mm -hmm. It's like that intentionality. It's huge. And I don't think this is just with people in your immediate circle. I was listening to Rosaria Butterfield. I don't know if you guys know who that is. She is a former professor and currently married to a pastor. She used to be a lesbian. She was in an active Mm -hmm. lesbian relationship And I listened to her testimony earlier today, actually, and the way that she was brought to Christ and the way she received, uh, became saved was because a pastor and his wife opened up their home to her. And she was like ardent feminist. She was a professor at her university. She was very vocal in, in her lifestyle. And what this pastor and his wife did is they just invited her and they became friends with her. And she said, one of the best ways that you can evangelize to others is when you can just offer them friendship and open up your home to them and not to have any sort of agenda beyond that. People can smell it out when you're trying to pitch them something or when you're trying to sell them something. She said the best tool for evangelism is is how she was evangelized, which is basically through friendship, through open, honest discussions, through friendship that was actually offered expecting nothing in return. I think that's also something that we need to remember is sometimes we we should have situations where we just give of ourselves to others and expect nothing in return. That being said, I guess that could also go in terms of toxic relationships <laughs> where, where that up another person just keeps taking and taking and not returning anything else. But I guess that's a bit that of would a be, that would side be a part tangent. Two. I think that we do have to not be selfish. And I think sometimes you get at a point in your life where 
put in my dues i've done my time now it's time for other people to like actually like respect me too not only like i always respect them and it's not a good way to think but i think there's some truth to it in a certain to a certain degree you know what i mean Um, yeah but then i would be that that gets hard because if you get too deep into that then you start pushing away from people and you never should be truly away from people completely if you get down that mindset it could be detrimental to your own spiritual health and like and i think one of the ways i was thinking about it because i was reading that verse that says the wounds i don't want a friend i think the wounds of a friend basically are good and i was and i was thinking about that and i think what's happening in our society an open rebuke is better than hidden love yes and the wounds of a friend um, basically is, is a good thing. We live in a society where it's, it's so like PC, politically correct. Even amongst us, it's very hard for us to call each other out on something because the egos are so big. It's like anything that you say is like, and will be used against you. Yeah, like, you know, it's something might blow up. We need to be more willing to confront things in friendships, not only to sweep things under the rug and we keep sweeping and sweeping and sweeping. And then like all of a sudden there's no more room to sweep anything else. And (laughs) what do we do? And I think that's where we need to have open and honest conversation and to be able to be honest with our feelings and say, this is how I feel. This is how you make me feel in these instances this is how this affected me and not in a mean and a rude way and sometimes you you do have to be careful and i've had to check myself on that because you know when you're on the moment it's okay you want i'm all about being honest and vulnerable and like authentic (laughs) i think things need to be addressed and i'll be honest with you maybe it's my personality but I really did find a lot of people don't like to talk about hard things. And I really do love to talk about hard things. That's something that I deeply enjoy because I feel like it actually brings greater connection, especially as children of God. I think these things that we go through should unite us, yeah, not split us apart because the wounds of a friend are something that's good. When your friend wounds you, it's not like when they confront you, it's not because they want something bad for you. Maybe they have to deal with certain things. He says carry each other's burdens. Maybe there is certain things like in their soul that they have to deal with. And what better environment and a safe, safe environment than a friendship? The Amplified Bible. So because you're quoting out of Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6, says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve a hidden agenda. That's the, what the Amplified Bible kind that's of a great speaks about. So I think that's completely right. So long as those wounds are done out of concern for that person and friendship, not because of, you know, I actually want to stab you and hurt you. Yeah. So there is yeah. a caveat with this where um, if it's beneficial for you in the long run, that's great. You know, be humble about it and accept the correction. But if it's something from a person who means to actually do you harm, that's definitely a friendship that you should step away from. Yeah. Unfortunately, we never know truly. I think we've talked about this and this might be a tangent, but we never know the intent of the heart completely unless like mm-hmm. God reveals that he did it in our cousin's dream yeah. for Ruth. Or, like, and I know that God gives us wisdom. So God definitely does give us wisdom. 
in certain situations. So I think what I've learned, at least for me, and I don't know if this is being an ostrich and putting my head in the sand or what, but like, I always assume the best. I always assume that people are there for my good. They do want the best for me. And I don't know if this is my, it might be my personality, because I think we've totally discussed this with us three and our personality differences. But I do assume the best out of people. Well, if I assume the best, you're like, it'll come back to me because I want them to be good. (laughs) And I want their intentions to be good. So I always assume the best out of people. And then that's what I'm expecting in return. God willing. (laughs) I think there is evil out there. That's the thing, because there is. But think about a person's track record. If they have a track record of hurting you over and over and over again, maybe that says something. But if a person has a track record of being a loyal and good friend to you and they say something like that, Maybe you can kind of look at the criticism. Um, I heard this great quote out of this podcast that Carrie Newhoff does. Liana, turn me on. Yeah, she's the one who, who got me listening to it. But he spoke to this guy named Gordon McDonald, who was in his 80s, and he gave kind of the life lessons that he's learned. And what he said in there, which I found was, I mean, all of that stuff was really great. But one thing that stood out to me was he said, every criticism has a grain of truth in it. Oh, yeah. So we should take a moment to maybe consider even if it's something you're like, oh, no, that could never be me. Consider the criticism that comes to you and see if maybe there is a kernel of truth in there that you can correct and fix. Yeah, that's good. Hey, everyone. This is Rafi from the future. Uh, just want to let you guys know in the next couple of minutes, you might hear some microphone interference. Super sorry about the technical difficulties. Hope that it doesn't detract too much from our closing thoughts. But all right, fair warning. Back to the show. Yeah. Are there any closing thoughts that you guys have on the subject? Honestly, friendships are important. It has to always be after your friendship with Jesus. Yeah. So don't don't put too much importance on friendships. Don't allow friends to be an idol. Because I think sometimes we can even do that accidentally, where we put too much emphasis on friends. And I think there's been times in our lives, and I've told Ruth, it's funny because I'm like, every time we started hanging out with people too much, where we were taking up too much of our time, there would come a time after that where we would not hang out with anybody. And I was like, God, I think this is your way of telling us too much. You did too much. Like, it's good to hang out with people. It's good to spend time with people, but it was too much. Come back to me again. Come back to your friendship with me. The most we can do is just work on our friendship with the Lord. Abide in his love so that we can give out that love to our friends. I think there's another verse that I had put on my list. It's from Job again. Wow. Job and friendship. (laughs) It says, um, Job 42.10, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes, giving him twice as much as before. And this actually has to tie with the honor aspect. And this is not about getting a double portion, but I think the concept is, Lord, use me to bless my friends. Lord, Mm. use me to show honor to my friends. Lord, what type of friend am I? I think we can ask the Lord in our journaling time, in our prayer time, Lord, show me your heart for friendship. Point out things in my life that you want me to change. Heal me where you need to heal me. Help me to love myself as you love me so that I can show love to my friends. And final message, Lord, make us vessels that bless and bless those around us and honor those around us. I think my closing thoughts on this would be, be the friend you wish you had. So be the friend to other people that you have been praying for. Pray for the ones 
you know, those around you. And then also um, going back to that Carrie Newhoff podcast that we were listening to, Gordon McDonald said, put the people you value most into your calendar first, Ooh. as in your family and your friends. So as in when you set schedule your week, when you schedule your month, put the people you value the most into that calendar first. Let, let them have priority. And that includes the Lord. Friendship yeah. with God is the most important thing at the end of the day. And if anyone wants to study more into this topic, I would really recommend this sermon by Jack Deere, which I'm going to link in the show notes, but basically talks about friendship with the Lord. And I think out of that, we can really get a lot. All right, guys. Also has a series on friendship that I recommend. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll put Derek Prince in there. Lots of links for people to listen to. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Time for the Soul. I hope this was edifying and encouraging to you guys. Follow us on Instagram if you want to send us some messages or chat with us. We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Those definitely help us in promoting the podcast. And until next time. Until next time, guys. Bye.